read um, from John chapter 16, starting in verse 5. And this is, uh, I tried really hard to get a different passage. So I feel like I, I read this one all the time, but I just keep coming back to it. And uh, I don't know, maybe it's just really pertinent right now or it's part of the journey. But anyways, uh, here we go again. It's just on the work of the Spirit. This is Jesus talking to his disciples um, just before he, he goes to the cross. And he says, Now I am going to him who sent me. Yet none of you asked me, Where are you going? Because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. But I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. In regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will only speak what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said, the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. Um, I don't know if you've, you've probably uh, heard just with the, the last uh, you know, attempted um, airplane. Uh, yes? Oh, okay. <laughs> I get one of those. <laughs> Man, I thought they left John already. That was. <laughs> uh, um, with the, the last, uh, you know, attempted uh, bombing there of the the airplane, they've brought in those new um, full body scan X-rays uh, into the airport. So I was like. All for that. You know, of course, that's such a great security um, procedure. you got to do that. Until I bought my own tickets to go to Italy, and I realized I'd have to go through one of those. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you can put it up. Um, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm not quite as excited about the whole thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure you can understand that a little bit. None of us likes to be exposed. Um, the whole idea of, of an x-ray that can look like right through us is just is disconcerting. We spend a whole lot of our lives, a whole lot of our time trying to cover ourselves up, you know. We, we don't like the idea of all that stuff being stripped away. And especially, I mean, going to an airport, some stranger, uh, it's just, that doesn't sound cool. Um, and, and so we resist it. And you see on the news, there's a whole lot of resistance to that. So everybody wants the security um, in the airports, but... Man, just not for me, you know. Go get those other guys. Just leave me alone. And uh, and it's actually a pretty. Uh, it's following a little bit of a debate. Um, it's actually a little bit of a funny one because of those reactions that come up. And um, I've just been uh, I've been thinking about this a little bit in in the way that we can resist um, how God speaks to us, and we can resist. That, that whole feeling of God like really exposing ourselves, really like looking deep within us. And there's a, a few verses in, in the Psalms where like David will say, you know, search me and know me. And uh, um, like any, any thoughts that are in me, anything that's wrong, and you just like bring them out. 
And those are, are verses that, you know, well, that's just, that's beautiful. Yeah, you know, go David. But it's really hard to, like, take those for ourselves, you know. It's really hard to say, you know, go look at me, you know, open myself up. And um, I don't think it's that we don't want that. I think we want that. But when that actually starts to happen, when we kind of go through that uh that time where we feel exposed, where we feel like our defenses and our, our, our mass, all those things are being stripped away. It is really uncomfortable. It's not a fun, it's not a fun process. It's not a fun place to be. And, um, and we, um, when we get to that place, it's really easy to start to resist. To start to resist uh, because of the discomfort um, because, uh, you know, although we want the destination, we want um, the end result, we don't necessarily want um, to go through the whole thing. We don't want to go through the, the, that uncomfortable time. And um, this, this chapter, uh, Psalm 13 here, I, the one that, um, that Dave read earlier, this is where I, I really want to focus today and where I really want to look. And it's, it's one where I, I kind of see like this, this David who's really exposed. And it happens often to him. The poor guy, he goes through this so often. Uh, he just always seems to be in this place of intense vulnerability. And I think that's probably why one of the reasons why the Psalms are just so important to us. And why we go back to them so often, why we, we try to allow them to shape our prayers and the, all through the history of the church. It's because he's, he's praying from this place that we can just really relate to. And this place of being exposed, this place of being vulnerable, this place of being just, um, you know, all on his own with the spotlight on him, everybody looking at him and, and just wondering how he's going to fall. And uh, I'm just going to read it again here quickly. It's a really short song, so that's great, but... It says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, O Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. My enemy will say, I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, for he has been good to me. That's um, it's a really uh, beautiful progression that he goes through there. He, he starts so low and he ends on, um, on such a great point, um, point of just the, the sense of hope in the end. But I don't, just because it's a short psalm, we can't minimize the, the journey that's in there. And it's just the heartache and the pain. And... If you have ever gone through this time where where you feel like you are exposed, where um, things are just being opened up, where everything is just raw, then you'll know that it's just not an easy process. And our desire when that happens, even though we can say those prayers like, you know, God, search me and know me, when he actually starts to answer, we try to like close ourselves off. We want it, but we don't want it. It's not like that. You know, we want it, but oh man, that hurts. And, and so it's this, this tug of war that goes on inside us, this tug of war in our relationship with God where we want it, but we keep pulling back. And, um, I, I just, as I think about this, I wonder if one of the reasons why we resist is because we feel so uncomfortable before a righteous God in that. And, um, we, 
battle with this sense in us that we still got to like earn his approval. We still got to earn um, the right to come to him in, in prayer. And we feel like, like when we get exposed, when we get opened up, we feel this judgment. We feel this, um, this condemnation. We become so aware of how we're not meeting up with God's standards for us. We become so aware of our failings. And, uh, and so we start to close up because that's at least comfortable, you know? It's at least comfortable to be covered. It's not painful. And so we, we keep trying to hide. And so we hide from what God is doing. Or maybe we question, maybe we question if God's actually in that at all. And as I was thinking about that, I came to this passage in, in Romans, which uh, Diana read for us. And it's, uh, it's the, the passage about being made into conquerors. And I think that's important for us to know that, that whenever God is doing something with us, God's work is always constructive. It's never destructive. There may be like a stage of, you know, some destruction in there, but it's always so that he can build us up in the end. And God doesn't like tear us down to show us, um, to like break us in, in, in a way that's going to hurt us. God tears us down so he can build up something better instead. And if you read this passage, I mean, it's an amazing, amazing passage. And it's, it's all talking about how God, he called us and he justified us. Now he's glorifying us. So he's bringing us through this process to a better place. First we're called, but now he's going to build us into something. And um, in that process, when we feel exposed, when we feel wide open, when we feel like all of our sin, all of our filth, all that stuff is right out there, and we feel like God's eyes are just like burning on us, and we feel that shame. He also says that... um, that, you know, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And shall trouble or hardness or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And none of these things can separate us from the love of Christ. So in the middle of this process, as he's bringing us on this journey where we get opened up and we get exposed, that in the middle of that journey, none of that stuff that gets brought out, that the x-ray machine sees, None of that stuff is going to disqualify us for his work, his uh, continuing growing us up and building us. It's not going to separate us from his love. It's not going to separate us from his presence. And he says there's absolutely nothing that can do that. There's absolutely nothing um, that, that can like so shock God or so harm this relationship that I have with God that it can be broken. That God has like tied himself to us with these binds that can never break. And he has, he has done that so that we can be sure of our relationship. And there's nothing worse than being an insecure Christian where we're insecure about the love of God still on us. When we're insecure, it's, you know, is he listening to me today? Does he love me today? Is he going to forgive me today or for this sin? That's an awful place to be as a Christian. So God is saying, I have like locked us in. Our relationship is just, it's rock solid. Nothing is going to break that. And... Um, And so he's making us into conquerors. And uh, 
when we feel that sin being exposed in us, when we feel our brokenness being exposed, it's so that he can not shame us and bring us low. It's so that he can bring us into the places conquered, so he can bring us into a place of victory. And that's God's constructive task. That's what he does. He's the creator. He's the builder. He's the sustainer. He always, like, nature, you know, you, you look at the, the laws of physics, is that nature is always breaking down. It's always getting worse. It's always going to, like, lower levels of organization. But God is bringing us up. And he's going in the opposite direction. He's making us better and stronger. But the process um, of that work can be incredibly difficult. And just like, uh, you know, feeling exposed in front of an x-ray machine. And especially, you know, you think of going for an x-ray at the hospital. And you think about it, well, you know, I go for an x-ray because something is wrong, you know. Go for an x-ray because there's a problem with me. And so it's, it's this real negative sense. And I think in our, in our relationship with God, that's why we keep pulling back, you know. And I think that we can all probably relate to that where we want to step into the like, deeper relationship with God and experience it, yet we pull back. You know, Paul, he talks about that, that kind of worrying in himself about, you know, what I want to do, I don't do, and all that kind of, that really confusing couple verses there, you know. What we want to do, we don't do. We want to get in there. We want to, like, step into Jesus, and you know, we keep pulling back. And I don't get what's going on inside of me. It's just, I mean, it's, it's disconcerting. I, I just feel all messed up here. But, you know, what am I going to do with this? And uh, in, this, in this psalm, the Psalm 13, I think we get some help. And David is in that place of, like, what's going on here? What's, this isn't right. This doesn't feel right. And he prays the, the prayer of, of, God, show me. Um, you put the, uh, the next picture up. I think uh, this is something John's used in the, in the past a couple of times. One of these, uh, what's it called, mind's eye picture. There's this um, store in the mall in Thunder Bay, like the mall, like the one mall that you'd, you'd ever want to be seen at in Thunder Bay. And it was this, this store, and it was full of like lava lumps and little statues of unicorns and uh, these pictures all over the place. I mean, it was a real, real interesting place to go into. Um, and we go to the mall all the time. Uh, all the time, my parents would be, you know, eating lunch. I'd wolf down my poutine from New York Fries as quickly as I could and I'd run into the store because it's right beside the food court and I'd sit in front of these pictures and I'd try for all I was worth to see what was behind it. Does anybody see what's there? No? You know what? I have never had this work for me. And all my times of try, I've tried every, like people have tried to coach me, you know, just like lose focus and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't work. I know in theory there's a picture of a dinosaur in there. I don't know. It doesn't look like much of a dinosaur to me. But the theory is that there's one in there. And, you know, it'd be really cool if somebody could see it and, you know, help us out here. <laughs> um, but to... <laughs> So I said that when we're following God through this process of being built into something else, we, we know that in the midst of our pain and the feeling of, of, of exposure and, you know, being raw and all that kind of stuff, we know that there's something in there, but we just can't see it, you know? We're going through the pain, we're like, there's got to be a reason, there's got to be a plan in this, but I don't see it for the life of me. And uh, it's just like trying to stare at one of these in a mall, 
and not being able to see it, you know? And I can tell you, it gets frustrating. <laughs> see, some of you are trying to with one eye. And <laughs> it's kind of entertaining from my uh, perspective here. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, I think through the Bible, I think there's probably a lot of people who went through this. You know, I think of Abraham. He's living a good life. God calls him to go into the promised land, to go to Canaan, this land that God hasn't even told him yet. And he, he goes on this long journey, and he gets there, and... Man, things are all just weird for the longest time. You know, God, what are you, what are you doing in this? You know, or there's Joseph. He's, you know, shares this, these wonderful dreams that God has and these great promises for him, and he ends up in a well and then a slave and then prison. And, uh, you know, things go from great to, wow, I mean, this doesn't get much worse. And then there's Moses. You know, he was trying to step into being a leader for the people. And... uh Instead, he ends up like way out in the desert, running for his life from a you know a murder charge. And that sounds pretty awful for what, like forty years? Am I right in that? Forty years. Um, then there's you know David here. David, he was called to uh, you know anointed as a king, and he he ends up having to leave the um, you know this what this life with his family. It was probably great, and he ends up on the battlefield, you know, and I don't know exactly what it was like. I'm pretty sure it wasn't that great being around there. And then he ends up, you know, he's, he's in the palace. Things are, you know, starting to get, you know, some movement here. And all of a sudden he's running for his life and he's out in exile um, with the king trying to kill him and hunt him down. God, what are you doing in this? I thought you had a plan. You know, what? You know, did I make a mistake? What went wrong? Or Paul, called to be a missionary to the, uh, um, to the Gentiles. And uh, he ends up, you know, the, the list, I can't remember what book it's, it's in, but the list of what he went through and the persecutions, the lashings, the thrown in jail and shipwrecked and all these different things that happened to this guy. God, I thought you called me to this. Where are you? What are you doing? And um, I think we can find some hope in this, in this passage, in that God, when he's doing something, I don't think he's trying to keep it from us. I don't think, he, it's, I don't think it's a secret. I don't think he's trying to hold back from us his plans, his goals, his intentions. I think he's try, he wants to let us know. He wants to bring us in. On the whole story, the ends, the means, I don't know what, but, but he wants to let us have a little bit of a view from his perspective. But in the middle of, um, of what's going on, we don't often think of the God show me what's going on prayer. And, uh, you know, just think through, there's, you know, kind of three areas that, that I could really think of where things really start to go wrong where... Um, where we really maybe question what God is doing. And if God knows, <laughs> if, if God has somehow messed up or if, if God is somehow punishing us. Uh, you know, when things start to go wrong in family relationships, you know, it's, it's really difficult to get any perspective. You know, we just, my family, we just had a little bit of a, a thing with my aunt and my grandma. And it's, it's weird. I don't even get it, you know. And I'm like, what's going on here? And... Um, 
And it's like, well, God, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, is this necessary? Or, you know, in, in, in the life of a church. And, of course, we have a, a whole crazy story as a church here, you know. But there's also in the, not just in those big, massive events, but what if the church starts moving in a direction where oh, I'm just not quite comfortable with this? I don't know. I don't know about this. What if things start getting taught that are just like really like challenging what we understand the Christian life to be? You know, what do we, oh, what do we do with that? God, are you in this? Or in, you know, our own personal lives, you know, we have these times where it just feels like so much anxiety on us. And there's just like, God, things are just, feel like there's just this war inside of me. You know, I feel like I'm always battling this temptation. I'm always battling these doubts. I'm battling this, I'm battling that. God, where are you in this? What are you doing? And when that stuff starts to happen... When things start start changing, maybe things start changing in our family relationships, when things start changing in our church, when we feel things all getting tumultuous in our own lives, our desire is to pull back. We want to like revert to where things were. We want to revert to what was comfortable, what we knew, what was familiar. And I um, was talking to a psychologist lately, uh, recently, or a psychiatrist rather, and he was talking about how this is this is part of being human. As humans, we want things to be stable, you know. We want things to be set. We want things to be normal and familiar. And so, when things start to change, we pull back hard, you know. When relationships start to change, we pull back. When um, dynamics in a church start to change. Maybe like a new influx of people who come in who just maybe don't know the church culture. And that starts to change. Oh, we want to pull back. And this doesn't make us weird. This makes us human, you know. That's the human response, and that's normal. And, and that's, you know, that's good because we can't always be in flux. You know, we've got to have some stability. But the problem is, is that when God wants to do something in us and we try to pull back, we try to resist. We try to say, like, no, this can't be. Let's go back to where things were. I at least knew where, where I stood in that paradigm. I at least knew where, um, how everything worked. And so let's, let's just go back to that. And that's why we need to have our eyes open with this kind of show me prayer. We don't have to be apologetic in that. We don't have to say, you know, I, I, God, I want you to show me. That's not a sign of, of weakness when we pray that prayer. As a recognition that in order to understand what God is doing, in order to know how to respond to these, these kind of shaking up of, of things in my life, I need to be able to, to see things as God sees them. I need to have a revelation of what this means. And, uh, and so we, we ask God to show us um, what's happening. Show us what it means. And uh, that's what David is doing here. You know, he's, he's asking God, you know, how long? You know, will you forget me? Look on me and answer me. Oh, God, give light to my eyes. God, show me what you're doing here. Show me what you're up to. Let me have some insight in what's going on. And... When he does that, when God shows us that, and you know, I think that he reveals 
what he wants, what's his plan in all this as far as what he's making us into. Now, the, going back to the Romans 8 thing, God always wants to construct us. You know, he's never destructing us. So when things start going wrong, it's not God knocking us down a notch. In some ways, God lifting us up. Because he's building us into conquerors. He's glorifying us. So that's where God is going. So we say, God, you know, this stuff that's going on in my family, you know, maybe God is, is building um, character in us and in, in how we respond to people and how we respond to situations. Or the stuff that's going on in my church, well, maybe God is bringing us into a deeper experience of what it means to follow him. Maybe he's going to show us things that, that the old paradigm just wouldn't allow or this, this stuff that's going on inside of me, you know, maybe God is, is going to take out some areas of, of sin that we were maybe blind to so that he can, like, restore us more into his image and let us live a life that's free from all that kind of baggage. And there's this, um, there's this pattern that all those stories I told you in, in the Bible there of, of, you know, Abraham and Joseph and Moses and David and Paul and even Jesus that they follow. And we start up high, you know, we start feeling great, everything is set. And that's like, you can think of Jesus in heaven, you know, he's the, the greatest example of this cycle. And if you go to, to uh, you know, Philippians 2, where he's talking about um, Jesus being the servant, this, it goes through this whole cycle. And so he's in, he's in heaven with God, but he's taken down, and he takes on human flesh, and with all the pain and all, all that goes with it, except for sin, of course. Even to the point of the cross. And that God takes him up and God restores him and glorifies him. And that's the, that's the pattern that God takes us through. We feel great. Things are set. You know, the whole machine of my life is just running smoothly. And then he takes us down by, by breaking some of those things, by shaking things up. And then he raises us up into restoration. And something that was far better than what we had before. But, you know, we're, we're dipping down, you know, going to the bottom, and we're trying to pull back up. We're trying to, like, you know, we're trying to shorten this whole curve downwards. And, uh, and go, just go back. We just want to go back to where things were. But this prayer, this show me. God, show me what you're doing. Show me what, you want, what you're changing. Show me what you're building in me. Show me how you're going to make me new. When we pray these, God will open our eyes to the goal that he has, to the plan that he has for us. He'll open uh, our eyes to his presence with us in the midst of it. And that gives us strength to go on. That gives us the strength, the courage even, because it's a courageous journey. It gives us courage to go down. And, uh, and to follow Jesus into all his worth. And that's, you know, David here in the verses 5 and 6, you know, but I will trust, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, for he has been good to me. If you've ever been through that journey, you'll know that you don't get to that point without God doing something in us. We don't get to that point by, um, by just, you know, muscling through. And, you know, if this picture up there, you can learn the techniques to figure it Well, I can't, but apparently the rest of you can learn the techniques to see what's behind there. And you keep trying, you keep working, and you'll learn to do it. But with seeing what God is doing, with finding this strength, with finding this hope that David found here, we can never do that on our own. It is through revelation where it doesn't happen.
And um, and so with um, with all this, you know, a prayer that that is starting to become important to me, and is is just to say, you know, Jesus, what are you doing right now in this room? You know, Jesus, who are you speaking to? Jesus, who are you ministering to? And and you know, it's a journey to know what to do with that. You know, you know, well, what what if he tells me? You know, what then? Um, but it's it's just about being aware. It's just about saying, God, I want to see what's going on through your eyes, so I can come alongside, so I can agree with you, so I can work with you, and not against you, so I can go with the flow of of the move that you were calling me into, rather than trying to pull up trying to pull back into what I know, maybe trying to pull back into what's comfortable. You know, when things start blowing up, we want to restore those relationships. Well, maybe we've got to see this through, you know. Or when things are going wrong inside, when we're just like feeling like things are so tumultuous inside us, we want to kind of medicate ourselves, you know, by distracting us, by just ignoring this issue that keeps coming up. But no, maybe i got to press in to see what God is doing in this. And so we got to pray this prayer. This God, show me what you are doing. And open my eyes so I can see how you're moving. So I can see what your spirit is doing. And in that, um, the passage that I read, there's John 16 there. Um, he tell, um, Jesus tells us how it's going to happen. He tells us that it's going to be through the Holy Spirit. That this is one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit. It's not something that we have to wrestle to get from God. Also in the in the Romans eight it says Jesus is interceding for us so Jesus is praying along with us and but he also gave us the Holy Spirit so that he can um, the Holy Spirit reveals what's on God's heart into our heart and he will take what is from Jesus so the plans that Jesus has the intentions the the goals that Jesus has for what he's doing in us right now. He'll reveal those things to us. He'll show us, he'll invite us to be a part of the process. I believe that that's what God wants to do. I think he wants to open us up. Jesus called us friends, you know. He said that, that I now call you my friends. And that involves this communication, sharing things, sharing the journey with us. And so, what I want to do today, just how I want to end this, I just want to invite you, I'm going to pray, I want you to, to just take a second and say, Jesus, what, what um, area of my life, what relationship maybe, what circumstance, maybe what's going on at work, what's going on in family, what's going on in my own life. I want you to take that, and I want you just to say, Jesus, I want you to show me what's going on in this. And, I just want to encourage you just to, to take that and take that as encouragement, you know. Take that as, as encouragement that God wants to show you, for one thing. You know, that God's not keeping you in the dark. But take that as, as encouragement also, that, that when he shows you, that he's going to, um, he'll often show us the end result because he wants to encourage us that that's where he's going to take us. And it's, He's not showing us who he wants us to be to discourage us that we're not there yet. He's showing us who he wants us to be so that... Is this off? 
Keep going? Okay. Um, he, he wants to show us who he's going to make us to be. Um, or he, Sorry, I got a little distracted there. He, got, he showed us, he's going to show us who we, um, we should be in order to let us know that he is in the process of making us into that, that he's in the process of constructing us into that same image, into that being that person, that ideal person in, in, in God's eyes. And so God never discourages us. He never says anything to discourage us. He shares with us to invite us to be a part of it, to invite us to, to not resist, to invite us um, to share with others who can be a part of this journey with us. And so, just as I pray, I just want you to take something in your life and just lift it up to Jesus and just say, Jesus, I want you to show me. And so, Jesus, we, um, we just lift ourselves up to you. And Jesus, we, we thank you for your constructive work. We thank you that, that you are making us into something. Something that is great or something that is better. Something that is, that is worth the whole journey. And Jesus, we want to work with you in this. We don't want to resist. We don't want to pull back from your plans for us. We don't want to resist the move of your spirit. So we ask Jesus that you show us, that you reveal to us what you're doing, what you're up to. We pray that you would encourage us as to your activity. That you'd encourage us as to your, your continued move of your spirit. And you'd help us to know what it means to work alongside you in this, Jesus. Break down any desire to resist, any desire to pull back. That we would just 100% step into your presence. Step into um, the move of your spirit. Step in line consistently with you. So we pray, Jesus, for revelation in us, in our spirits. We pray that your spirit would be revealing to us what is on your heart, what is on your mind, what it is you're up to, what you're doing in the room right now, what you're doing in our families, in our church, and in our hearts. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen.